Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. Hey, this week we are going to be getting our maker on. We have a sensor that we're going to be connecting to the Raspberry Pi so that we can see, just like Jordy, we're going to be seeing in thermal footprints. We're going to actually be able to see temperature. You've seen the images, and we're going to be showing you how you can build your own thermal sensor with a Raspberry Pi, with a Raspberry Pi microcomputer. Let's get ready for it, folks. Stick around. Recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, cat5.tv slash IAIB. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. It's so great to have you here with us this week. Last week was a write-off because we had technical difficulties. So those of you who who go to our website, try to watch us live or watch us on demand, this is episode number 629 (laughs) (laughs) 2.0. We're going to try it again, folks, but we're broadcasting. We are live. And so what happened last week? Well... Basically, <laughs> yeah. What did but not? yet nothing at all. Um, so our patrons came together and said, "Hey, we love Category Five Technology TV, and if you do, hey, become a patron by going to Patreon.com/slash/Category Five, and by doing that, you're supporting what we do." But yes. they all came together and said, "We want to make this happen. We want to upgrade the studio for season 13." So we built a brand new, beautiful i9 9900K broadcast rig. So you're blaming the pa- patrons? It's all the patrons' that? fault. It's all yeah. the patrons. Yeah. Thank you for your amazing and generous <laughs> gift. You broke our show. Yes. <laughs> no, well, what it what it comes down to is, hey, Robbie is the guy who's got to put all this together. Ultimately, it's not like I'm calling up Dell and saying, hi, I need a new broadcast server, and can you send it to me, and it'll be here Tuesday, and I'll just have it up and running for yeah. Wednesday. No, <laughs> it's like, okay. Anyway. No, well, it's like, uh, no, I got to actually assemble everything, yeah. put it all together. And in order to do that, so in order to build this new broadcast rig. Yeah. I got to take apart the old one. Right. right. So think about this. Got to take all the bits and bobs out of this one, put it in this one, Yep. and say go. Right. And, and then we- when we say go, it doesn't go. Yeah. So now we're like, okay, well, we can't resort back to the old one because we've already transitioned the parts. We can't get the new one up and going in the time that we have allocated yeah. because we're live every single week. That's the, that's that the hope. True. Now, last week we weren't. If we had 10 episodes, I could have helped you. Remember that time when I built a computer? But it took <laughs> yes. the entire season? So, but keep in mind, last week, having had to go yeah. basically off the air for one week uh, because of technical difficulties, that was only the second time. Yeah. The second time in 13 years of Category 5 Technology TV where we missed a yeah. show. First time, do you remember? 
Yeah, was was in the power was out. Yes, the power was completely that was out. Freezing, in, actually, in our entire city. Yes, that was all of Barry power last outage. summer, I believe. Yeah, the sun shone brightly that day. It was a beautiful yeah, was day. A beautiful there was day. no excuse for it. It's just there was no electricity for the entire city for hours and hours and hours. Wasn't a small rodent or something? I want to say I like, want to say yes because that would be an awesome story. I want to say <laughs> I remember seeing re- reading something about like a squirrel or something that got. And chewed a line or something. No, I think you're thinking of Australia's internet lines, where the <laughs> where the uh, where the birds were actually eating well, the, the lines. Yes. Yes. Recently, a whole city got a power outage when a, a fish got dropped on the power lines from a bird, like a bird swooped no. in, grabbed a fish, and dropped it on power lines. These things happen. These like, sound like weaknesses in the infrastructure. <laughs> Just a little bit. Okay, if a bird can drop a fish on the power lines and kill the power for all of the humans, well, there's a problem with that. <laughs> so anyways, this week we are up and running on the new broadcast rig. Thank you to our patrons. And if all goes well, now I'm saying this from my mouth live. So yes. I don't know if this is the case, but if you're watching this after the fact and you click on that little gear icon on YouTube and you see that there is 4K video output, then you know that everything worked flawlessly. Yes. That's the hope. If you don't see that. <laughs> yes. So um, imagine jumping from 1080p. Well, let's back up about 12 years and say... <laughs> from a webcam. From, from 360p up to 720p, up to 1080p, all the way to 4K. Now, 4K, can we just, just confirm with me? Is 4K, does 4K mean I need to wear more makeup? Like, do I need to, like... Basically. <laughs> what does 4K mean we right gotta, out of my We got to, like, we got to cover everything. I got to do something about this. This is a problem. Yeah. Oh, Every, you're welcome. They can zoom in on everything. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you with 85-foot uh, screens in the, in the far future... I'm sorry for the I am so nose. sorry. <laughs> can you see this? Can you see the detail on this and this? I can't. It's just wonderful. But, I'm going to have to get my can. hair dyed like every week. Every single week, Sasha. Darn. Do you see that gray right there? <laughs> yeah. That's because of the server last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, you know, I had a full head of hair last week. <laughs> That's and then uh, I left, and this is how I looked, yes. Right. Hey, greetings to the chat room. Everybody over there on Discord, that is our Titan Pie, which has been, incidentally, just old faithful. It's been running yeah. perfectly. It's a Raspberry Pi microcomputer running software that I ported from Titan. Now, Titan Embeds is open-source software, and I ported it to the Raspberry Pi, built a distro called Titan Pi, mm-hmm. and that's running on a Raspberry Pi that we can see you can't. Right over there, just kind of hanging out, plugged into an Ethernet port, and 5-volt power, and that's powering our Discord channel uh, right over there, what you see just beyond Jeff. Um, So welcome to everybody who's joining us in our chat. It's nice to see everybody, and it is interconnected with our IRC server as well. Though just keep in mind, if you're on IRC, you're missing out on some of the bonus features, such as extra chat rooms. Like, we have channels. Like, what do we got here? Oh, my goodness. Bacon. I I feel like we need bacon. We actually have a chat channel called Bacon. And, and things that aren't bacon. And surprising, <laughs> yes, that's it. It's like if you're on IRC, you're in things that are not bacon, and then but you're missing out on bacon. Bacon is actually one of our most active channels. Uh, we've got uh, we've got an 18 public channels. 18. What do we got? We got pictures. We've got exclusive Category Five Technology TV wallpaper. Right. Like screen, yeah. Screens that you can put on your desktop. 
things like that. Coupons? Uh, coupons that you can use to save money and support Category 5 technology TV. It? It's all on our Discord. Hey, if you don't know how to get there, all you have to do is go to Category5.tv, click on Interact, and join the Discord server. And that's a great way to participate in the show, not only during the live show, but also to be able to communicate with us because we tend to frequent the, the Discord server throughout the week as well. Uh, so you'll be able to catch up with us. Yeah, generally my full-time job. Mm. I love it. That's it? I know. It pays miserably. Yeah. Discord what? doesn't pay. I just wake I... up, check Discord, what happened while I slapped? And then... <laughs> One channel... Oh, look at that, bacon. One yeah. channel scroll, I do scroll, want to point scroll. out, though, <laughs> is our volunteer positions. Yes. Like, we have such an incredible community that loves Category 5 that they get involved, and it's not just by watching or patrons. Mm-hmm. So check out that volunteer positions tab because maybe there's something you could do. Yeah, I put one in there saying we need an editor and Harry has been good enough to take on that position and he's doing the editing for us after the show. So the Category 5.TV newsroom, for example, all that stuff's going in there. The point uh, is, Robbie is replaceable if you just step up. Please replace me. (laughs) Or at least take some of the burden. Take some of the burden off of my shoulders. Remember the one time you were not here? I... I don't remember that. It was a sad day. It was a sad day. What are you talking about? We survived. Barely. We survived. Squeaked by. I had a training session. I botched it, but it worked well. (laughs) This is a good way. And now look at the setup now. We would have totally. Our entire broadcast rig is in this little box. See? You could go away now. That's it. We'd be fine. Yep. Those are all our cameras, folks. I can hit buttons. You can push buttons? I can push buttons. So, like, if I wanted to show you, like, what we're going to be doing, I can just push this button and be like, whoa! Whoa! What the... Seamless! Nice! So that's what we're going to be taking a look at is a Raspberry Pi. Ah, beautiful. Because this week, we're going to get our maker fingers wet. Oh, you don't want to do that not. Hopefully not, because, yeah, it's going to short-circuit and everything. Don't do that. But imagine... Have you ever seen those images where, like, they've, they've taken thermal imagery and you see... Like a person, and they're red, and the background is black. Yes. Because it's actually picking up the heat signature. Yes. You've seen that? Yes. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to actually build one of those today. Sweet. It's going to work. Although I'm kind Again, of Again, I'm, I'm looking red. into the future. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got to take a really quick break. When we come back, I'm actually going to get to soldering. I've got this heating up. Yeah, watch your papers there, Sasha. You got your flux? Yeah, I got my flux. I got everything all ready to go. We've got my magnifier, and uh, we're going to be doing a little bit of soldering here and creating our very own thermal imaging sensor. Love it. Cool. Stick around. So we've looked at Raspberry Pi microcomputers. We've looked at a variety of Pine64 boards and Odroid boards. And the question becomes, especially when we got looking on episode number, I think, uh, 625, when we were looking at the Raspberry Pi 4 and looking at, like, how hot does this thing get? Wouldn't it be nice to be able to see the actual thermal qualities of that device? Be able to actually look at it and see it thermally? But then you start... So not only you test how hot it is, but you can see how hot it is. 
have actually a visual see. feedback on how this topic's hot. Like Jordy LaForge. That's right. Basically, <laughs> that's what we're doing here, folks. We're creating a visor. That's but that would be incredible. <laughs> but you get onto Amazon, you get onto websites, and you start looking at these thermal imaging scanners, and they're like 400 bucks. 200 bucks for a really cheap one. And, and it's like, oh, no thanks. What if I could actually build one for now? Uh, I, I, I say this with this stipulation. I have multiple Raspberry Pi microcomputers available to me. Right. I've got boxes and boxes of Raspberry Pis. You might as well as a maker. If you have a Raspberry Pi, what if I could add a sensor to your Raspberry Pi for 30 maybe up to $50, depending on where you buy from. Mm -hmm. But between 30 and $50, let's actually turn that Raspberry Pi into a thermal scanning imager. Cool. So we can actually turn it into a camera that doesn't see like our natural eyes see, but like Jordy sees. Yeah. To be able to see... Heat signatures. Super cool. That's what I want to achieve today. So at cat5.tv slash pi, I've got this little micro circuit controller thing for Arduino that's so tiny that you can't even see it. Like this is, it's, it's, it's like. It's itty. Yeah, it's right here. Can you see that? Uh, yeah. yeah. You see yeah, that no. little sensor? Don't worry. This <laughs> guy there. is going to help me because this is a uh, 400 times magnifying video broadcasting system that's going to allow me to show you what, uh, what this thing looks like. So it comes in two parts. We've got the circuit board with the sensor, which is an 8x8 Panasonic sensor. It's the AMG8833 grid-eye breakout board from Adafruit. And... It comes with the little, um, I guess, one, two, three, four, five, six pin uh, I.O. Okay. connector, but they're not soldered together. So I'm actually going to have to do some soldering tonight Ooh. for you. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to do something that I learned from Adafruit and thought, hey, why don't I give this a try? So I'm actually going to plug the breakout into my, um, into my uh, breadboard. That's right. Oh. So let's actually, let's jump over to my magnifying camera here so you can see what I'm looking at. So that is the actual sensor. This is an 8x8 uh, Adafruit AMG8833 grid eye breakout board. And that is the, uh, the Panasonic sensor right there. And that is going to give us uh, the, the thermal imaging basically a camera of sorts, but it's picking up not a picture, but uh, the thermal qualities, the temperature of an 8x8 grid. Okay. okay. So it's actually picking that up and going to, we're going to create software or use software to translate that. It's going to actually give us an array of 64 individual IR uh, thermal prints. Okay. So Here's my breadboard. I want to actually put this on the breadboard for the soldering job. So I've got the pins here, which, uh, which Jeff came with it. Um, nice. So the, pin, the pins were included. Um, so I've put these into the breadboard, as I saw on Adafruit, because they said, hey, this is a good way to do your soldering. It's going to keep it nice and steady. And I've always done, the, done this with, uh, with the helping hands. And it's a bit of a pain in the butt. Right. And it, it totally doesn't really smart. work really well. So, um, so the one thing here, though, is that it's kind of like it's got this seesaw thing going on. Um, so when I put my uh, the the board, the the breakout board on the pins, it's sitting a little bit too high. So I'm just going to stick a uh, a resistor on the breadboard as well, only to give it support. So that's just to give it uh, somewhere to sit. So it's basically oh. just working like a like a stool for oh, that's that, smart. just to keep it straight. 
And here life we go. Hacks. Yeah, there's our <laughs> life hack for the day. Um, so first thing I need, Jeff. Any guesses? Flux. Flux. Thank you very much. So we're going to get, uh, I've got a toothpick here and dab that into the flux and get that onto my pins wow. and that yeah. flux zoom in does not look nice. Yeah. We're at like Yeah, this is like snot. <laughs> yeah, this is uh but this is zoomed like like look at the printing on the board. Like we're three hundred, four hundred times zoomed right. here. Um so the flux is going to protect the solder, keep it uh keep it from uh <laughs> it's cold season in Canada. <laughs> I don't want. Speaking of cold, I don't want any cold solder joints. So right. the flux is going to help me with that. Um, can barely see it there. Is though. there a way to lighten this? Yeah, or? the the camera actually has a a knob here that I can use to brighten that up a little bit for you. Let's see if that helps. There, oh, we, there go. we go. Nice. That's better. Sweet. It's like translucent. Look at the moisture in that <laughs> in so that snot. Disgusting. <laughs> All right, I'm going to grab my my soldering iron here, and let's turn this into liquid, shall we? Perfect. All right. So, <laughs> heat, of course, is going to liquefy that flux. Yes. There we go. Now, there's not going to be an issue with the flux going through the holes in the circuit board and affecting your my breadboard. breadboard. Uh, well, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna seep in a little bit, but okay. I've never actually used a breadboard to do this before. <laughs> uh, I always use it just for the the contacts themselves. But okay. let's give it a let's give it a try and we'll see. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, my joint is a little bit off off camera there. Let's try this right here. Look at the size of my tip. My just so you can you can see the the zoom there. There we go. Look at that soldering joint. Your wow. soldering you know what? is on point. I've so got much better than your first try. <laughs> is it better than before? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting there. So I'm heating that up, heating up the post just a little bit, and then we're going to get some solder on there. This is super magnified, folks, so you're seeing it massive. There we go. Okay. And boom. There we go. Nice joint. Wow. Right? Am I right? So quick amazing. And easy. Yeah. It's not bad. I mean, these are six joints, right? So, yep. boom, boom, boom. There we go. I could do this. And one, two final joints. There we go. Okay. You going to try soldering, Sasha? You going to yeah. try your hand at it? Can I borrow something of yours? Yeah. Use, <laughs> use my gear. Go to cat5.tv slash solder to get your own. <laughs> there we go. And could my sixth joint be just as nice as the first five? It's looking like oh, it. Looking like, looking like. And there we go. How do you like that? Beautiful. Huh? So, so look cool. at that. Okay. Love yeah. It. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you a little bit of a close up there. Uh and we're we're gonna get a look at the uh, the circuit board in just a moment's time. But there we go. So it's actually on my breadboard. So Jeff asked, did it damage the breadboard? Jeff no, not really. No, actually, that's not bad. No, it's no. seeped through a little bit. Oh, yeah, just... A little, little bit of discoloration, yeah, but it's not, it's not a no big deal. Yeah. Not a really big deal, but w you can maybe pour some 99% uh, some alcohol over that right. and give it a bit of a wipe down or something like that and see how it goes. Awesome. Okay, so let's jump back over here. I'm going to show you how this, uh, how this actually turned out. Switch over to my camera. And there is my solder joints. Look at that. Very clean. Oh, yeah. Look at how fancy I am. Just get some of that flux off of there. Wow, you, you have big fingers. <laughs> there you go. Wow, you see? Good job. Really what do you think? What do you think? Sharp. Have I done okay? I think yeah. you've done so well. So have I improved 
Prof? Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes you, you go. have. Even Marshman says you've been doing really well. Oh, wow. Thanks so much. Look at the first one is a little bit janky, and the rest of them are kind of perfect. But that's pretty, and super magnified, right? And look okay. at the pins. Like, look at how huge this is, right? Yeah, that's massive. Uh-huh. So I'm actually going to now take this circuit board that I've now soldered. Yeah. Yep. Take it over to my unboxing camera. I'm going to move my coffee here, Jeff, so that you can adjust the uh, the camera there. And do you want to just actually switch over to the unboxing the unbox camera? Absolutely. And are we there now? We are there. Okay, so you guys can see me here. So what I have here is my new Rab platform for Raspberry Pi. I've got a uh, uh, mega, what is it, a 2560 board Arduino uh, microcontroller, which is going to allow me to do a lot more kind of microprocessing and doing some really cool projects with you here on Category 5 Technology TV. So all I want to do, now I've got the T-Cobbler Plus V2, uh, um, plugged into my Raspberry Pi. Now, the Raspberry Pi, I notice, is powered on right now. I can see the LED, so I don't want to actually start making connections. This is, in fact, so this uh, this sensor that we just created tonight is, in fact, I squared C connectivity. So you can see, as I showed, there's only six pins. There, am I the right side up now? That's better. Ah, yeah. there you go. Uh, so we're only going to use four of these in order to actually create the connectivity to our Raspberry Pi. Oh, okay. That's going to give us the ability to control everything. So I'm going to plug this into my breadboard, and the breadboard works by... And, and the reason I'm using a breadboard is just to quickly prototype this tonight. Now, of course, if you're going to be building this, you're going to want to actually set something up that's a little more permanent. But for the sake of the demonstration, I want to just kind of connect everything together. So... I'm going to uh, I'm going to quickly fade to black. I'm going to power off the Raspberry Pi, and then come right back. And that's all there is to it. So I'm just going to so I've powered off the Raspberry Pi. I'm just going to disconnect the power, and let's get started with our wiring. Now, as I mentioned, we're only having to deal with four wires. So my T cobbler, this is a really really handy tool. I'm going to just get in here a little bit so that you can see a little bit closer. Let's make sure I've got good focus and bring the T cobbler into focus so that you can see what I'm actually dealing with. So. 3.3 volts. That is my power for the uh, the VIN on this particular sensor. And the T-Cobbler makes it a lot easier for me to be able to find the Raspberry Pi connectors on the GPIO. So this is connected to the GPIO, and then it gives me a breakout that makes a lot of sense to me as a rookie maker. So I'm going to plug into the 3.3 uh, the volts, and we're going to bring that over to the VIN of my uh, of my sensor. Let's actually bring this down. I'm going to bring the sensor down onto this side of the uh, the breadboard just because I got these short little cables so 3.3 volts is going to go into my VIN there we go Jeff have you worked with a breadboard yet I have not okay so see what's happening here so the 3.3 volt lane is on this side of the board so this line here is a uh, this breaks it up okay okay so this line here says this is this side of the T cobbler this is this side of the T-cobbler, okay? So 3.3 volt, any pin on this side? So you see how there are two pins exposed? Yep. I can plug into any one of those. So if I want another 3.3 volts, I could plug in right there. Well, I don't want that. I just want the 3.3 volts going to the VIN on my sensor. Makes okay? sense. Now I need SD... Let's, let's move down the line. We've got SDA1. So that's the next pin on the Raspberry Pi, a.k.a. 
well, the T-cobbler. So I'm going to plug into the next pin on my breadboard. Let's bring that to, so we've got SDA1 is going to go to SDA on my sensor. There we go. Okay. Now, SCL on the, so SCL1 on the T-cobbler, that's the third pin down for me, is going to go to, take a guess, SCL. Okay, SCL, do you see that? This is, is this upside down for you? It, I know it, it is. It is upside down on the screen, but that's Sorry all right. Sorry that, but you can see that is SCL right there. And if Vampire yeah. is watching, we're going to be fine reading. Yeah. Hanging upside down. And one more pin, because I promise you there were going to be four of oh, them. Oh, right. What's the one that's missing? Ground, right? Yeah, that's yeah, so I'm going to skip one here, grab the ground right there, and that's going to go to the ground pin on the... Uh, on the sensor itself. Okay. That is, there we go. That looks so simple. Like, it looks easy. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. So that's, that's it. So I've soldered the pins onto my uh, sensor. I've got the T-cobbler going to my Raspberry Pi 3, and the sensor is now connected with four pins. Uh, and, of course, that is giving me I squared C uh, connectivity for the sensor. So let's fire up the board. I'm going to actually plug this back in, the Raspberry Pi. Here we go. And we're not going to see any fanfare here, folks. We're literally just plugging in a Raspberry Pi. But, Jeff, if you want to switch back to uh, the wide camera, I'm going to jump back here onto the set. Sure. And bring the Raspberry Pi keyboard with me because this should, uh, should give me connectivity to that Raspberry Pi. So if I actually switch over here, let's see what, uh, what comes up. The feed has not gone down, people. We're looking at the Pi booting up. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. No uh, anomalies. Oh, there, there we go. go. Okay, so here we are in a Raspberry Pi 3. So that's my board. I'm going to just kind of escape out of this stuff. And Alt F4. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay, first step. I'm going to open my menu here and go to Preferences. And Raspberry Pi Configuration. And we need to enable the interface. So let's jump into the interfaces here. And we're going to activate, or AKA Enable... Uh, I, I squared C. Okay. okay. Uh, that's the uh, the protocol we're going to be using to communicate with the sensor. I'm going to hit OK. And now I just need to reboot because it's not actually going to do anything until I reboot that computer, that Raspberry mm -hmm. Pi. This is that micro computer that I've got sitting over there connected to my sensor. So let's give it a reboot and let's see what happens when things come up. Now, is that... Um Black screen of death. <laughs> Here it comes. I just wanted you to see. This is yeah. legitimately oh. Raspberry Pi. Now, is that a default yeah. setting that's turned off in the... I squared C is disabled by default okay. because you, you need to turn that on if you want to use it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right? So uh, now I've turned it on. Yep. As it comes back, now I'm going to have connectivity to that sensor. We're going we're gonna to determine that by running some terminal commands, and we're going to see if I do, in fact, have access to that sensor. So let's close out of this stuff again. <laughs> Eventually, you know, this is a You'll fresh boot of Raspbian, so uh, I will set up. Right. I'll set that up so that You'll it's not bugging dot me all the eyes, yeah. cross all the T's. Mm -hmm. Sudo su enter. Noise. I am now root because uh, I I strive on power. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so I need to do an apt update. That's, of course, the first thing that you ever do on a new Raspbian install. Uh, that's going to give me access to some of the newest, latest and greatest awesome packages on the system. Now, while it's doing the update, I want to yeah. point out 
I love that you're using this remote control Bluetooth controller to do all of that. It's actually not Bluetooth. What? I bought the one that has a wireless oh, okay. USB oh, dongle. dongle. Okay. And the reason I did that is because I don't always buy single board computers that have Bluetooth. Makes sense. Let alone the fact that until you enable Bluetooth and connect the device and pair the device, yeah. it may not work. Yeah. Nice thing about this one is it has a USB receiver, so it always works from boot. You've okay. got access to the keyboard, so I love that. Uh, I like so that. Internet connectivity on this board. You can see the Raspberry Pi. I'm just going to, because I've got that camera up for you, I just want you to see a little bit better. I'm just going to move this for you. Uh, and you can see I've got Ethernet plugged into there. So that's how I'm getting Internet. You could use wireless if you wanted to. I've got HDMI output so that you can see it, and then I've got power, and then I've got the GPI, uh, the GPIO connected to the T-cobbler and the T-cobbler. Connect, the T cobbler's connected to the <laughs> sensor, and that's going to give us everything that we need it's today. It's like no. you live inside my brain. Every, were you actually humming that yeah. song? So you were it's funny because I'm sitting there going, mm, I want peach cobbler. <laughs> yes. Okay, how are we looking? Okay, 48 packages can be upgraded, but we're not going to do that today because, hey, this is a live show, and that would be really, Rude. really boring. Yes. Uh, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually, I mentioned that I want to see if the I squared C uh, connectivity is actually seeing yes. that sensor. I've yes. connected it with those four pens, right? So cool. But am I actually able to see it? So let's actually do that. Let's type I2C, uh, no, uh, yeah, I2C yeah. detect is the command. It's hard to see here. Did I spell it right? I2C detect, yes. Notice I am root because I used sudo su. Uh, so I2C detect dash. Uh, where's dash on this keyboard, Jeff? Dash Y. <laughs> One. Okay, there's our command, and enter. And you see that uh, 69? That is our sensor. Cool. Oh, okay. How cool is that? So that is the AMG 8833 grid eye from cat5.tv slash thermal. Why the 69? Because I noticed on the screen there it's a grid, and you're in, you're in the 60s and then the 9. Why did it show up as a 69 and not one of the other like numbers? Like a 96? Well, yeah, like, is that a specific pin placement on It'll there, be different or? for different control, like different sensors. Different oh, okay. sensors will provide a different response, right? Okay, all right. So, uh, so this one, that's the, that's the actual, that's what we're looking for here on I2C. That's the right response. So I do need to install some stuff in order to get this to work. So we're going to go apt install. And there's a lot of stuff that I need. Uh, obviously, I'm going to need Git, right, Jeff? Because that's what I'm going to use to get any Git repository. Yeah, I got to get her done. Uh, so that I'm going to add that because this is a base install of uh, of Raspbian, so I don't have anything. Uh, build essential. Okay. Build dash essential. Please uh, make sure. What it's spelling? Did I do a double I? You have a double I. Uh huh. See, this is the one flaw with doing it this way instead of, like, SSH. Yes. I can't copy and paste. So I actually have to type it long form here, folks. So Jeff and Sasha, so did I put an M instead of an N? Gosh. Yep, that Let it be now. known <laughs> that I will actually paste these commands into the description below. And in the meantime, I'm going to accelerate the video for your sake at home so that uh, we can jump right through this typing procedure. Here we go.
And if I hit enter and typed everything correctly... Hey! Nice! Ah, uh, look at that. Okay, do you want to install some of the things that are missing? Yep. And hit enter, and that's going to grab those from those repositories that we just recently updated. And that's going to download those and install them on my Raspberry Pi so that the Raspberry Pi microcomputer can now communicate over I squared C to that sensor and do all kinds of magic. Okay. All right, let's get this done. Next step. Here we go. Okay, so next up, we're going to go into our temp folder, which is cd slash tmp, because that's where I'm going to put anything that I just need to, you know, download once, run it, and install it, and then discard it. I don't yep. need to keep any cruft laying around on my computer. So let's get clone, and we're going to get clone github.com slash adafruit slash adafruit python gpio, and that is case sensitive. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great, Robbie. Thanks, my friend. Out of fruit. It's like the world's tiniest keyboard, and he's got very big thumbs. <laughs> uh, double R. I don't think you spelled get right. Oh, see, the keyboard is actually doing those extra keystrokes because that was sure not me. And here we go, hitting enter now. Boom! Now I've got that folder on my in my temp folder. So CD space A tab, and that's a capital A, and then hit enter, and I'm good to go. Now I'm going to go Python, and we actually want to install the drivers for this particular device. So setup dot pi, and then space install, just like that. And then if I typed everything right, hit enter. Here we go. It's grabbing everything that it needs to install that board, and it's ready to go. Beautiful. Now, okay, so now that that's installed, I'm going to go pip, which is a Python installing program, install, and a couple of more dependencies. Color, spelt the uh, Canadian, Canadian way. way. The Canadian, a.k.a. I British way that. with a U, so don't forget that. Uh, we're going to install color, and then Adafruit, Adafruit, A D A. F-R-U-I-T, with a capital A, and then underscore, and then A-M, capitals, G-8-8-X-X. That's our board. That's our, our sensor. That's what we want to actually set up here. And I'm going to hit enter. And it's all going to be fabulous. Here we go. And it's grabbing those packages off the Internet through PIP. And installing them, setting them up, getting our sensor ready to go, and we're set. We've got to take a really quick break, but when we come back, come we're going to install on. the final bit, and we're going to see if what we've done here today is in fact going to allow us to see through everything. You're such a tease. To the soul of heat. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see if we can see temperature. Stick around.
not type 180 words per minute on this. Uh, no. But as Jeff mentioned, this is working pretty well. It is. It's a little bit slow going. Yeah, it, it works really, really well for my Raspberry Pi projects, we'll, we'll the say. The nice thing about that is if you had that, say, up on a TV screen, you don't have to worry about the Bluetooth, like the mouse and the keyboard. Like it's Yeah, all it's there. got a mouse built in. Everything yeah. is all built in. So on my Raspberry Pi system, I've actually got a mouse controller here that I'm actually just doing with a touch sensor, just like on your laptop. Yeah. Right? So that's pretty cool. I have a remote like this that, yes. that we use for our Android box, yeah. but it's Bluetooth, and it does not perform anywhere near oh. as nicely as this. Oh, okay. Yeah, I stayed away from the Bluetooth for that very reason, Jeff, yeah. just because I really it, wanted it to be able to... It makes me go, oh, I bought the mm, wrong one. Ah, and makes me go, I wish this was an affiliate link. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shop on Amazon and use our affiliate links, category5.tv slash partners uh okay so final step we're gonna uh we're gonna actually get the packages that have some software because we don't want to code the whole thing ourselves tonight i mean could you imagine (laughs) right but there are packages from adafruit that are available like example software to be able to test this system so let's actually make that happen so i'm going to actually jump into my uh my user folder so if I type CD, what did it do? CD and then Twiggly. tilde squiggly? Sure. No such folder or directory. Okay, well, let's jump into my home folder, home, and then there should be a folder called pi. That's where I want to go, so that's fine. I'm root right now. I could put it in wherever I want to, but let's put it into pi, and that's going to give us access to it. We're going to git clone again, so I'm going to actually go git clone and this time we're going to get those example projects uh from adafruit underscore amg 88 xx python dot git so git clone here we go (laughs) i've got it all typed in there folks GitHub.com slash Adafruit slash Adafruit underscore AMG88XX underscore Python dot Git. I think I need a capital P on Python as well. Don't worry. You can copy and paste this from the, com, uh, from the description. There we go. It got it. Okay. So CD Adafruit tab. Enter. CD, which is change directory. Examples. Enter. Okay. Phew. (laughs) (laughs) You got this far. You're going to text or something by the time the show's done. This is like you driving. It's true. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Now, I want to type Python, and let's choose one of our applications. So in our examples folder, if I hit tab a couple times, I can see the examples that exist. So I want to try, like, pixels test. So P-I-X-E-L-S, test, and then hit enter. This is going to show me, hey, is it actually seeing the sensor? Yes. Yes. Those are the sensors. Wonderful. So it's actually refreshing over and over and over again. It's grabbing individual thermal sensors uh, from 64 sensors. Now, if you put, say, a, a hot light bulb over the sensor, would those numbers start changing? Yes. <laughs> so it's it. like the matrix. It's like if you put your hand there, it'd be like, oh, that's a hand. Right. If you knew what the numbers meant. 
So those are actual numbers representing the temperature that each of those 64 sensors is picking up on an 8 by 8 grid. Okay. That is super neat. But what it shows us, it's useless information to me as a human, but it shows me that it is picking up thermal data. Yes. Right. So if I put something hot over it, yes, those numbers are going to go up because those are that means 50, 15 degrees, Jeff. Okay. Those, so those, can, that's can I go put my hand over it? Go put your hand over it, okay. sure. I'm, I am... Okay, he's uh, warming warm? up his hand. Yeah, okay. I'm, I don't know if you can hear this. I'm, so, I'm like rubbing my hands. Three, two, one, go. Hand is over. 38 degrees, 37 Okay, wow. take your hand away, and his hand is away. Sixteen. What? Yeah. So that's exactly. Wait, that's exactly. That instantaneous. Oh, I just goodness. want to hold on. They're really easy to please, folks. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. Sasha's jumping hand. over. Where, okay, where sixteen degrees, sixteen, right fifteen, right? and Sasha's hand is over at twenty. Uh, twenty. Yeah. So I'm you're cold. like you really you're like cold. four degrees warmer. <laughs> you're <laughs> literally four time. degrees warmer than the room. Cold. That's all. I just I just didn't want. <laughs> okay, no. Jeff is over there. The I'm like okay. Can you see this? I'm like the friction is just burning. <laughs> okay, so 17 <laughs> and Jeff go and go. 29, 36, 31, 30. So oh. yeah, it's making a difference, right? So those sensors are picking up those thermal prints, and you guys can't see, but he's actually rubbing his hands together and putting them over top of the sensor. Now my hands so are like soft. that sensor Let is right like there. Oh, well, hold yeah. on, I gotta, I gotta do like this, raw. and then you can feel the heat. Hold on. Okay. All right. Wow, ready? this is not how I saw this see? going. <laughs> wow. Should we, we actually? Fun. Okay, let's let's take the next step. Okay, so we know it works. That is, that makes me feel good. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, hey, I, I soldered stuff and it works. Yeah. It actually senses the thermal. Did you sense how cold her hands were? Yeah. And yours <laughs> were like super warm and moist. <laughs> yeah. Warm heart. So it's sensing the temperatures on 64 that was impressive. Thermal, thermal sensors, right? Yeah. So cool. now let's jump back over here. Let's check out what other examples we have. So Python and tab tab and those are the available options to us so let's actually let's have some fun and say uh let's grab an uh an average thermal temperature thermistor right so the thermistor test is going to show me the average temperature that it is seeing Okay. Think about that for a second. This is wirelessly picking up the temperature. So hold this over like a hot processor. Yeah. And the thermistor test is going to give me the average temperature that it's seeing. So it's basically for the cost of this sensor and a Raspberry Pi, I've created something that I can wirelessly tell temperatures. Which is awesome. On, on surfaces. Yeah. yeah. I can tell a surface temperature wirelessly uh, from inches above it. Let's see what this actually tells us. So I'm going to hit enter. Boom. Thermistor temp is 21.88. Jeff, do you want to put your hand in there? Yeah. Hold okay. On. Get get rubbing. Um, okay. So I'm going to I'm going to actually show that camera so that show them where you're putting your hand here, Jeff. Uh, so okay. you're you're so just I'm putting, putting your right hand that. above that. Okay. So right. I'm going to go and 3 2 1 go. Enter. 21.8. Okay, same same thermal reading. 21.8. Give, give me some more heat in oh here, my Jeff. Goodness. Come on, work I'm it up. Burn my up. skin, man. Oh, my goodness. It hurts. Tell me when. All right. It's burning. Three, two, one. Ouch. Go. 21.9. Okay, so that tells me something interesting. So my assumption was incorrect. Okay. It's not an average. It's an actual thermistor sensor on the circuit board. Oh. Awesome. Okay, so it has like so that's room temperature. 
So that's my room temperature. So, so not I just only burned my hands for no reason. For absolutely nothing. <laughs> it was actually really just for for the sake of just getting you to, up, just to yeah. see if he would do it. So so now I'm able to to read not only visual sensor data from from the sensor, not visual, but yeah. thermal data from the sensor itself. But there's also a thermistor on the on the circuit board that's giving me room temperature. See, so it's an additional sensor. So th- I mean, if you had this inside a server room, yeah, this would be a great thing where you could just log in from anywhere to a Raspberry oh, yeah. Pi and be like, oh, what's my server room doing? And oh, by the way, how's sure. that specific computer doing? Right. If you've got to focus on that computer. So think about... NEMS or something that would You could, yeah. You? Yeah, absolutely. But imagine if you built it into the chassis of your computer and pointed it down at, yeah. the, at, the, at the main board, right? That's so awesome. now it's telling you the ambient temperature with the thermistor, mm-hmm. which we just learned. And it's also going to tell you the thermal data from 64 sensors, 8x8 grid, um, that it's able to pick up below it. Right? That's our final test. Is it going to work if I was to actually generate visual data from those 64 sensors? Are we ready? Yes. Do I have to burn my hands again? I think that would be best. (sighs) Uh, Okay, so there is a test there called thermal cam. What do you think that does? Hopefully a picture. Thermalcam.py. Jeff is over there. He's ready. Don't rub your hands together, dude. Your hands are warmer than 21 degrees. Will Smith and Men in Black. I've got no more like <laughs> you got, ridges. You got nothing left. <laughs> okay, so put your hand. Oh, just don't don't even rub them together. Just put okay. it over top. All right. And okay, just do it. I want to see your hand in the in the normal camera so people can see what okay. you're actually doing. And here I am over here. I'm going to bring up the cam. And there we are. Oh. Okay, can Jeff. I, can you see my hand moving? Can you move? Can you move your hand ab- above a little bit? Okay, that's like your palm. Put it right over the sensor, though. You're kind of right off to over the, the side. Sensor. Okay. Oh. No, oh, that's yes. better. Yes, yes. Okay. okay. I want to try. Individual fingers. Yeah. So that's a finger. Got me fooled. <laughs> wow. Okay, now, so there you have it, now, folks. My ring is on my hand. Are you seeing a difference between the ring and the skin? I see like a hole in your hand. <laughs> really. Using the thermal sensor to pick up a hand is not really the perfect example. Uh, however, I do have a lighter with me, and I'm just going to light that up right in front of the sensor here. Let's see what happens. Look at that. I don't know which direction is up and down. There we go. So that's the flame right there. I'm going to actually light this little tea light candle, which is frozen. So I froze this tea light candle just for the sake of the demonstration. I'm going to light that. There we are. So you can see that on the camera. Now I'm going to set that down. And we'll move that just a little bit. And here we go. Going to point that at the... uh, Going to point the sensor at that candle now. Without lighting it on fire. And there you go. How cool is that? So you're going to be able to pick up, so when you point that at a Raspberry Pi or something like that, you're going to actually see that red heat where the CPU is getting really hot. We hear like a Raspberry Pi 4 gets really hot. Right. Right. Well, does it? Let's find out. We hear that if you spend a little bit more and buy a case that has fans, it will dissipate the the heat very, very well. Well, does it? Where's our proof? Now now we can check. Now we can prove that. There is proof that I'm hot. (laughs) Ha! <laughs>
That's all that he came out here to do, folks. And I have That's a warm. There's a reason I kept going over to that sensor. I'm going to go home and be like, honey, the internet knows. Just so I'm you hot. know. Just so you know. I'm hot. I shows up on the heat sensor. <laughs> That's exactly what it's all about, uh, folks. Hey, you can get one of those sensors from cat5.tv slash thermal just so that you find the same thing that I bought. Yeah. Um, but all it is is just an Arduino sensor that is connected to a Raspberry Pi through I squared C. Um, that will work on any any single board computer practically. I mean, you could even use it on a uh, on an Arduino itself. But where it's adv advantageous for us to put it on a Raspberry Pi or an Odroid or a Pine64 board is that we can install a desktop Linux so that we can do visuals. Is there a way to connect that to a cabled system? So that you have a portable sensor. How do you mean, Jeff? Well, like it's connected to HDMI right now. Right, but I mean, so you this know, is live, can, real time. Can I can switch a, over to it, and you can see it. Right, but say you can get a, a six-foot cable that you can connect the sensor to, so that you've got your Raspberry Pi. Oh and yeah, and like you can go into your computer and be like, oh yeah, that component's really hot, mm -hmm. and over here it's not. Like, would it be? something that could be assistive that way? Sure. Yeah, why not? Uh, but then again, because it can be connected to a Raspberry Pi Zero, yeah. you know, you could, you could build something that is very, very tiny and mm -hmm. portable. Now, what you're going to run into, because it's 3.3 volts pulling on the VIN, right? So, mm -hmm. um, so if you had like a length of, say, Ethernet cable, and you use that to power it on like 10-foot distance, mm -hmm. you may have degradation on the 3.3-volt channel. Mm -hmm. So you're going you're gonna to have maybe 2.5 volts, and then you're going to have to put some resistors into the chain so that you don't fry your Raspberry Pi. Yeah. You're going to have to do some fan dangling there. You're going to have to bump up the power. So you may need to supplement the power, maybe push 5 volts and then downstep it, something like Makes that. Sense. So you gotta, you've got to plan for those things. But yeah, it okay. could be, you could put it anywhere. And you can connect it however you want, as long as you wire it incorrectly. It might not work with the current diagram yeah. that I created, which is really, really simple. Now, uh, with the, scre the screen up there, do you see not only just the visual of it, but does it give you an indication of what the temperatures are that you're seeing? Well, that is. Time, so that, that test script, which right now doesn't show anything because there's nothing hot above the sensor. Right. Um, that is interpreting the data that we saw there when the numbers were coming up on the screen. Oh, just creating and it's visual. creating a visual oh, version okay. of that. So it's not actually seeing that image. It's right. seeing the temperatures and outputting and the text. It's outputting the, the thermal data. Right. And the software, that Python software for the cam, the thermal cam, is then interpreting it into visual data by saying, okay, if it's 60 degrees Celsius, it's, this color. it's red. Yeah. If it's 40 degrees Celsius, it's kind of orange. So it interprets that and creates like that nice You should have brought your... Uh Soldering my soldering iron. Just Ooh. watch to see how that. There's looks. all kinds of things that we can do, and we're going to use it over the course of the next while here on Category Five Technology. Just TV. to confirm that I'm uh, still hot. That's all. I'd That's like to. Amazing. I'd like to use it to show off uh, how the uh, the cases, the various cases that we put Raspberry Pis and other microcomputers yeah. in, uh, how they perform. I think that's a really good use case. Awesome. Loved any, it. Are you set? Ice from yes. My hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have to like bandage so himself. Far. All right. Uh, we do have to head over to the newsroom. So, Sasha, if you are ready. I am. So it's coming up in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Access to Photoshop and other Adobe software has been cut off in Venezuela as the firm seeks to comply with U.S. sanctions. A dog who survived in the rubble left in the wake of Hurricane Dorian in the Bahamas has earned its new name, Miracle. 
the official Sesame Street online store, along with thousands of other retailers, has been targeted by a credit card stealing hack. And Facebook's Libra Cryptocurrency Coalition is falling apart as eBay, Visa, MasterCard, and Stripe jump ship. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is the Category 5.TV Newsroom, covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. I'm Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're following this week. Access to Photoshop and other Adobe software has been cut off in Venezuela as the firm seeks to comply with U.S. sanctions. Adobe had moved to a subscription-only model, which means users are not able to buy standalone versions of the latest Adobe software. Adobe said users have until October 28th to download their content, after which the accounts themselves will be deactivated. It is unclear whether other technology firms will follow suit. The firm explained, quote, The U.S. government issued Executive Order 13884, the practical effect of which is to prohibit almost all transactions and services between U.S. companies, entities, and individuals to Venezuela. To remain compliant with this order, Adobe is deactivating all accounts in Venezuela, end quote. It said it had no idea how long the sanctions would be in effect, but added, quote, We will continue to monitor developments closely and will make every effort to restore services to Venezuela as soon as it is legally permissible to do so, end quote. It said it was, quote, unable to issue refunds, end quote, because the sanctions included, quote, sales, services, support, refunds, credits, etc., end quote. Does that, is it just me or does that show a real potential, potentially disastrous um, downfall to cloud-based services? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. It's like setting some like, sort of Yeah, like w- when a government of the company that is manufacturing the software or distributing the cloud suddenly says, hey, sanctions are in place and now they have to cut off areas of the world that are their customer base who are paying customers mm-hmm. yes yeah adobe switched to that model and i immediately switched away from adobe yeah right that's me uh, microsoft is switching to that model and and forcibly switching to that model yes and you know how i feel about that yeah other but, companies are following suit but it's interesting though that you're seeing these changes in tech that when they first came out uh a lot of companies are like, hey, this is great. We're going to modernize our services. We're going to make things more efficient. And now you're seeing the fallout of jumping to something where it hasn't necessarily been fully thought out until you start seeing the, the repercussions of it. Mm-hmm. And you're going, oh, my goodness, this has hurt our user base. Yeah. And yeah. so it makes you wonder if there's value in the cost standpoint of staying with traditional in-house hosting. But, I mean, you've, then you've got the security aspect of it. Like, I know a lot yeah. of companies, because I deal with many of them in, in my line of work. Uh, I don't even know how many you deal with, but a lot of them are going cloud-based simply for the fact of it's cost savings. We don't have to worry about the security mm-hmm. infrastructure. Not our problem. Somebody else's problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in this case, they could be, you know, deeply in trouble. Mm-hmm. How do you get around that? It's a really tough thing. And, and, and I'm all for, hey, if I buy software, I want to be able to install it as many times as I want. Exactly. I, I have Telestream Wirecast runs our show. Yes. I have an executable installer that I can install on my computer. If everything failed, 
I can just reinstall it. It's not right. dependent on any cloud infrastructure or anything like that to, to make it work. Same thing with LibreOffice mm-hmm. or my entire desktop operating system, which is Linux. Right. I don't have to have access to the cloud in order to be able to use those programs. And, and maybe it would just be nice if, uh, if these companies were to provide on-premise cloud solutions sure. or, or personally hosted cloud solutions. That's how I program. Well, that's about, what I try to do. Uh, I think we covered it in the news, but the fact that Russia is, is it Russia's trying to have their own standalone internet that it completely is walled from the world. I haven't heard, but okay. Uh, I think it's Russia, but it, it, something like that kicks in. What happens for companies that are using cloud-based services where their internet is restricted? Mm-hmm. Like, what happens then? It's a yeah, tough we, scenario. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. And is Ch- is China like that? China is definitely like that with the Great Firewall, yeah. for sure. Uh, but it really comes down to, like, uh, my point has always been, like, this is the World Wide Web, people. This has got to be worldwide. Well, you know, mm-hmm. like, let's let's keep it worldwide. But And that's why I think, may, like, this is a final thought for Robbie, but maybe, maybe, maybe they're going to end up pushing people to the dark web. They might Ooh, be. Maybe. That could be bad. Not necessarily. Well, yeah, for or lack of it control. It's the same reason we're all switching to cryptocurrency. It's the same reason yeah. we've got Facebook trying to bring out Libra because they don't want the, to be at the mercy of the government who says, um, we're going to cut you off or we're going to stop yeah. the, the transactions, the, the, the business. Mm-hmm. And certainly in this case, well, hey, if you could have your software on, uh, on the dark web, well, then what's to stop you? Yeah, that's true. If the cloud was on the dark web, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Just a, a, some crazy food for thought, but I think that will Tech end up... Conundrums. Inevitably, that's going to end up happening. That's what the government is causing. Right, with all of these. That's what they're driving people to need, mm-hmm. which is really a disappointing and scary thing. People who don't understand technology making the technology decisions that are driving the people who do understand technology to make decisions that are separate of those decision makers. That's how it's going like to happen. I feel like that's an extreme yeah. view, but that's a debate for another day. It's just a thought. It's yeah. just a, a passing thought that, hey, this is probably, that's the answer. Yeah, I know, no doubt some will, for sure, but I don't know if you'll, like, you'll see the industry move that way. But why not? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a rhetorical, yeah. but why not? All yeah. it would take is somebody to say, oh, yeah, it's not bad to move to the dark web. And then I would sure. Yeah, I don't have yeah. to be on the public web. Yeah. I can be on the dark web and, and I can sell my services anywhere in the world at any price that I want in cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Why not? Hmm. Okay. Our show is moving to the dark web next week. No. <laughs> you can watch us in China no. now. No. North Korea, no. welcome no. to the show. Stop. Next Just saying. Story. Oh, oh Lighter sorry. News. Oh, Next moving, story. moving right along. Moving yes. right along. Oh, A dog who survived in the rubble left in the wake of Hurricane Dorian in the Bahamas has earned its new name, Miracle. Miracle was found in his starving state after being trapped under an air conditioner in the town of Marsh Harbor on the Abaco Islands. It's believed Miracle was trapped for more than three weeks. Hurricane Dorian struck the Bahamas last month, killing at least 50 people and leaving hundreds unaccounted for. But through the use of technology, some good is coming of the efforts of a dog rescue operation out of Florida.
Big Dog Ranch Rescue founder and president Lori Simmons said, quote, what an incredible story that we were able to discover this dog alive after being trapped for so long, end quote. Big Dog Ranch Rescue used a drone to find Miracle. They were able to detect a small heat patch and sent rescue workers trudging through debris to reach the dog. Simmons urged people to remember that the crisis in the Bahamas isn't over and that there are many more animals who are likely hiding and scared of loud equipment being used to clear debris. The dog rescue is using technology such as drones and special recovery teams in order to locate more animals who might be trapped under debris in Marsh Harbor. Big Dog Ranch Rescue has saved more than 130 dogs in the Bahamas since Hurricane Dorian hit in early September and several dogs have been reunited with owners. The rescue has saved more than 27,000 dogs since it was founded more than 10 years ago. There's more information available at BDRR.org. So cool that tech can be used like this. Mm -hmm. I know. And what I like about this is just this week, mm -hmm. uh, I was looking at rescue dogs in our area because okay. my wife and I are talking about another dog. Uh, and there was a bunch that were rescue dogs from the hurricane. And I was like, oh, they're really? up here. This is cool. Up here in yeah. Canada. Yeah. Wow. Uh, right in our, in our town. Yeah. Uh, now, none of them were miracle. Um, but I do like this because I remember one of the, uh, I think it was the um, New Orleans. Yeah. When, yes. when the, that flood happened and the dogs that were found way out in the ocean living on the debris. Wow. Because yeah. it was so compact. So yeah. I love this. This is great. It's like, Yes. More of it. Yeah. yeah. Drones with heat sensors are doing... Oh, so cool. Like, they they keep popping up in the stories because they're doing really neat things. Yeah. You know. And this is consumer accessible hardware yes. now. Mm -hmm. Like, this is stuff that we can build our own thermal sensor, for exactly. example, right? Yes. And build it onto a drone and, and send it up into the air and find dogs that need rescuing. It would be neat if some of those drones had, like, a harness that could collect the dog. Oh, now we're talking. Like... <laughs> That would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be a miracle. <laughs> a, a micro drone. A little micro a drone picking up a That's dog. Right, oh, I'm thinking a great claw. Dane. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can you imagine seeing that fly through the air? <laughs> That'd be pretty neat. Uh, <laughs> when dogs fly. It's a bird. It's a plane. <laughs> Thanks for your input, Jeff. Uh, we're you we're really glad you're here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, we've got to take a quick break. The Crypto Report and more of this week's top stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. The official Sesame Street online store, along with thousands of other retailers, has been targeted by a credit card stealing hack. Card details were collected by a piece of malicious software dubbed JavaScript Cookie. The code was found in shopping cart software built by Volusion, which has 20,000 small business customers. The issue was spotted by Marcel Afrim, a researcher at security firm Checkpoint, while shopping for toys on the Sesame Street store. Volusion said that it had resolved the issue, quote, within a few hours of notification, end quote, although its statement came a day after the revelations. They said, quote, we are coordinating with authorities on this matter and continue to enhance our systems that detect and prevent unauthorized access to user accounts, end quote.
It confirmed that credit card information had been stolen, but quote, not other associated personally identifying details, end quote, adding that it was not aware, quote, of any fraudulent activity connected to it, end quote. In his original blog post, Mr. Afram said, quote, the compromise is not only unique to Sesame Street store and most likely any e-commerce website hosted on Volusion is probably running malicious code and posting the credit card info of the consumers to the outsider domain, end quote. Two other security researchers from Trend Micro and Risk IQ also confirmed the issue, which was reported to both the developers and some of the retailers affected. The Sesame Street site was taken offline at the time, and instead visitors saw a message that read, quote, we are currently performing scheduled maintenance and updates on the website, end quote. Volusion provides shopping cart software to thousands of merchants and, according to Mr. Afram, has had 185 million orders placed via its software, amounting to $28 billion in transactions. I have so many, like, verbal memes running through my head. Like, <laughs> monster. One of cookie, these cookie, things cookie. doesn't belong here. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me how to get to your credit card info. Mm. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Four, five, one, nine. (laughs) 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 Uh, But no, I mean, this is truly unfortunate because, I mean, at the end of the day, because of the nature of Sesame Street, now granted that wasn't the target necessarily, like it was the whole service. That's where it was discovered. but But that's right. But the fact is, you're talking about families who have... Most likely, families who have purchased things for their kids. Mm-hmm. So you're you're targeting now credit cards of families that likely high bills, yeah. struggling to make ends meet. Like that's the unfortunate thing, dude. To this. Realistically, if I was struggling to pay my bills, I would not be shopping directly on the Sesame Street store, <laughs> <laughs> where everything is three times the price. <laughs> All right, fine. Just saying. Just saying. I don't know why I'm here. I know. <laughs> Why do we keep them around? But okay. But the, the interesting thing about this story is the fact that they've said it's it's not just Sesame Street. It's the whole yes. service. Yeah. yeah. Everybody on Volusion. Yeah. Has anybody else noticed this? Like, oh, for sure. Think I mean, Volusion would say it's now public knowledge yes. for the users, right? So uh, you think about like, and this again, like we go back to cloud-based services, right? So you think like. And I don't want to name names. Names are coming to mind, and I, I don't want to say any because then someone will say, oh, well, Robbie said that, you know, this particular. But you think about cloud services that you utilize day to day, and what happens if one of those cloud services gets compromised? And that's what's happened with Volusion. So um, because of that, this injected code in their cloud software, now everybody who utilizes it, all of them are affected. Mm-hmm. So thousands and thousands of online shops yeah. collecting credit, card, credit card data yeah. and sending it to bad guys. Right. Is there a way if you are a, an e-commerce purchaser to determine what service is being used? As a customer? Yeah. That's tough because realistically, Jeff, the payment processing occurs at the final step. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so I'm going to take your information first on my server, and then I'm going to throw you over through like a an AJAX query or possibly uh, like a PHP redirect if I'm using PHP. Or, but generally, it's going to be like an AJAX query, which yeah. is going to happen at the final step 
where I've entered my credit card number. And then there's an HTTPS uh, query or right. possibly a WebSocket that's opened up to be able to query that data from the payment processor. So right. Volusion, okay. PayPal, Moneris, TD, uh, whoever they're using, mm. right? So Volusion being that processor now how do I know if they've got something on their end yeah, that's, that's compromised, right? So that's realistically, tough. no. Yeah, it's tough. And that's why it was a smart hack. Well, yeah. So because they, they got it. Your best bet is really don't use a high-limit accessible credit card when you're shopping online. Just don't do it. Good call, Sasha. That's just a lot of advice. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've even made the suggestion. People have said to me, you know, how do I, because I sell online, right? Mm -hmm. How do I know that you're legit? What happens if you're, you're look, go over to the drugstore, mm -hmm. get yourself a 50, like this is a $48 order. Get yourself a $50 MasterCard, exactly. just a prepaid, you know, yeah. and then come back to me and process your order. You don't have to worry about it. There's online services that allow you to do that, whether they you know, here nor there. Yeah. There are services that allow you to do that. I'm guilty right now. I make online purchases with my just regular old day-to-day -day credit card, but it's in mm -hmm. my mind, and I really need to do it to just get a little pay-as-you-go, you know, yeah. load it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's smart. Uh, I set a daily limit on my card so that, and I call my bank and, you know, turn off the tap, set yeah. the daily limit, and, and so I make them do these things so that I have to be the one who makes that decision. Yeah. So yeah. if I want to make a, a $10,000 purchase, well, I have to make that phone call. Right. And it only takes me ten, like maybe five, ten minutes to, to do that. But, but it's, it's worth it. But it's peace of mind. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, totally it, worth it. It wasn't covered in the story, but it'd be interesting to know what happens with Visa debit or like those credit card-based debit cards. And if through this hack they have access to bank accounts, no, no, not with prepaid. So it's no, no. But just like, you know, you can go to any major bank and get a yeah. like a credit card debit card where it works yes. for online purchases like a credit card, but it comes out of your bank account. So thinking about that, Jeff. So and and for those of you who have ever thought, oh, my debit card has a Visa logo on it now, mm -hmm. right? So I can use that for online purchases. Mm -hmm. Smart, right? No, because if you bought through a Volusion-powered website, they now have your debit card, which right. continually gets your money all the time. Right. So every time you deposit your paycheck, they can now withdraw it. See, so I, just don't do it. At least there's a there's this is the one of those things where the bank is stupid. Yeah, there's tap there's a is piece, stupid. Peace of mind in credit cards having the insurance, and they really do refund when something goes yes. awry. Yeah. Yep. Whereas banks, You're not with your debit. Yeah, banks are a whole different kettle of fish. Interestingly <laughs> Just, enough, yeah. this happened with my wife's Visa debit about six months ago, where there was a bunch of purchases in California suddenly showing up. Somebody spent about three hundred dollars. Yeah. And she's like, what is going on? Within yeah. probably 12 hours, she had her money back, which was great. Mm -hmm. But same deal, because it was connected to her bank account. She's like, okay, let's disconnect that feature. Mm -hmm. And I was mm -hmm. like, Yeah, just okay. turn it off, folks. Yeah. yeah. Because she, Don't mean, need it. Don't need yeah. it. There's nothing she you could don't. do. Yeah. That's some wisdom for you. And yep. for those of you who are watching live and in Discord, yeah, I mean, Hyman's... Um, I, I agree, but I don't want to say it on air because then it's an endorsement. Um, definitely some good services there and, and some interesting stuff to check out. So right. take a look at those services that are being talked about. Because, yes, there are services out there that will allow you to get temporary or even limited credit card numbers that are virtual. 
Yes. So I can say, okay, my Amazon credit card number, which is a virtual credit card number, has a $100 limit. Yes. So if anyone ever compromises Amazon, the most they'll get is 100 bucks. Yeah. Oh. Right? So that's where those types of services that are being discussed in the, uh, in the Discord uh, come in. For those of you who are watching live, I just simply can't endorse them live on the air. That's all. Right. Now, if you're just going to like throw money by the wayside and switch right over to cryptocurrency, the next story will interest you. <laughs> oh, good, good. Facebook's Libra Cryptocurrency Coalition is falling apart as eBay, Visa, MasterCard, and Stripe jump ship. The news came just one week after PayPal announced its withdrawal as government regulators continue to scrutinize the plans. eBay, Stripe, MasterCard, Visa, and Mercado Pedro have all dropped out of Facebook's Libra cryptocurrency project. In statements following the news, the companies said they respect and see potential in the project, but have chosen to focus on other efforts. A Stripe spokesperson said in a statement that the company, quote, is supportive of projects that aim to make online commerce more accessible for people around the world, end quote. Stripe will, quote, remain open to working with the Libra Association at a later stage, the spokesperson said. A Visa spokesperson said the company, quote, will continue to evaluate Libra, saying our ultimate decision will be determined by a number of factors, including the association's ability to fully satisfy all requisite regulatory expectations. Visa's continued interest in Libra stems from our belief that well-regulated blockchain-based networks could extend the value of secure digital payments to a greater number of people and places, particularly in emerging and developing markets, end quote. The original coalition of 28 corporate backers of the Libra cryptocurrency seems to be dwindling as lawmakers continue to question how it will impact sovereign currencies and how the project's leaders can ensure the consumer's protection. PayU is now the only payments company continuing to back the cryptocurrency. Beyond payment processors, though, original backers Uber and Lyft said that there has been no change to their involvement in the project. The hackers, the backers abandoning the project may have found safety in numbers after PayPal announced its exit. News that eBay, Stripe, and MasterCard were each dropping out quickly following one another, indicating all three had likely been thinking about leaving during the same period. The decisions came ahead of a planned Libra Association Council meeting, which was held on Monday. Libra, Libra's cryptocurrency project took center stage in front of U.S. lawmakers once again as key Facebook staff testified in front of the House Financial Services Committee. That same day, Booking Holdings confirmed it is also leaving the Libra Association, making it the seventh company to exit so far, leaving 21 of the original 28 backers. David Marcus, who leads the Libra project and was previously the president of PayPal, weighed in on Twitter saying, quote, I would caution against reading the fate of Libra into this update. Of course, it's not great news in the short term, but in a way, it's liberating. Stay tuned for more very soon. Change of this magnitude is hard. You know you're onto something when so much pressure builds up. End quote. The Libra Association, the nonprofit in charge of managing the cryptocurrency, says that it is still looking to move forward. 
Interesting and, and funny in a way and kind of sad. But remember mm-hmm. two weeks ago, we were like, I have faith that Libra is going to happen because Visa backs it and yeah, MasterCard exactly. backs it. Visa was like, wait. They're like, whoa, we're out. Yeah. Like, we're out. And like, why? Like, who, who approached those companies and said, get out? Or, right. you know, like... Yeah, it was Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't me. But I, 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 I mean, I have been... Not a fan of this from the beginning, from the initial announcement. And, and so to me, this feels kind of gratifying <laughs> right. in a very selfish way. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that it's, you know, like here's the swan song for Libre. But uh, the fact is there's a lot of challenges that have to be overcome. Yeah, and yeah. I think the fact that people are going, okay, you know what? I'm out. I'm just going to watch well, this these from are the, the sidelines. Payment processors. These are the ones who would be able to transact right, with but, Libra. But the fact that they're saying, I'm out, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not in on this, mm-hmm. yet I'm going to watch it, that is, I think, encouraging. Mm-hmm. Because it means they're going, all right, interesting idea. I still like the idea, but the way it's going isn't going to fly with me. Right. And so that opens the door to say, okay, how can this change and evolve to be the system that is trustworthy, that is going to be relied upon so that society in general who's going to use it can go, I'm there. The only way that can happen now is that Visa, MasterCard, and all of them get together and say, Facebook, you're out. Yes. I agree. (laughs) I I completely agree. If, If Facebook was completely out of this, Mm. it would be a totally different story. And I think even from the regulatory oversight and the scrutiny that it's getting right now, you'd have less of it. It's simply because Facebook is a heat score. Would this be a whole different story if we could rewind time and they tried to launch this before the the uh, Analytica scandal? Yes, it would. Yeah. Were. yeah, Because that was when everybody loved Facebook and right. everybody trusted Facebook and now Facebook is tainted. Yes. So now anything... From a business perspective, though, I think Facebook yeah. has made this dumb decision where they should be following in the steps of Google. Mm-hmm. What is it? Alphabet Inc.? Yes. Yeah. Right? It's Alphabet And Inc. say, like, yeah. because if all of this had come to fruition and Libra, this new cryptocurrency that's going to be backed by real commodities, if this came about by some company that we'd never heard of, right? That, hey, Facebook Inc. could have created. But if we didn't make that connection right away, maybe there'd be an instant, like, oh, this is interesting, and a whole new spin on the, the whole thing. But I think exactly. the difference is then it wouldn't they be put Zuckerberg. Their name, but they put their name on it. Right. right. And that is instant distrust from society. Yes. Right. And, and that's what I mean. Like, if Facebook was not involved in this, I think you'd be having a very different conversation about it. Right. I know I would. If it were launched by Visa or MasterCard, <laughs> or like, that would be different. It, it would. <laughs> I don't know. It I mean, they're would. all in it for the money, right? So are they looking at it and saying, but where's the money for us? I don't blame right. them. How for can being, we, like, the food for that? That's true. I mean, right. I can't blame somebody for being in it for the money. Sure. But the fact is, it's because it's Facebook that it instantly you lose some of that trust and faith. But if this thing actually takes off and is great, UPay is laughing all the way to the bank. Absolutely. Yeah. The Speaking of obscure payment processors <laughs> that nobody's heard of. Yeah. yeah. There they are. In. They're in. Yeah. Are they owned but by what, Facebook? <laughs> but what do they have to lose at the end of the day? Right. Really, their investment. 
right. and their time and their uh, and finances. Of really, course. this is just like they're investing putting, in a penny stock because really, if you were investing in any cryptocurrency right now, the most stable <laughs> cryptocurrency <laughs> happens to be Libra. <laughs> yes, at zero. And according to CoinGecko, the market looks like this. Well, everything is down except, surprisingly, amidst this news, Libra is holding steady at zero because they're not trading yet. <laughs> That's the irony. Okay, Bitcoin is down to $7,447.76, wow. losing a whopping 1139 bucks over the past two weeks. So, wow. like, that's pretty significant. Mm-hmm. It, uh, no, that pardon me, over the last one week. Yeah. Because yeah. even though we didn't broadcast last week, the numbers uh, were recorded for last week. Yeah. So, um, so you know, it is, uh, it's, it's volatile. Yep. Litecoin also down at $49.15, losing 10 bucks. Ethereum at uh, 159.90, losing 31.52 US. Monero has uh, also lost a bit at $52.60 US. Now, Scala is, again, still going down. Yes. Scala I, is still on the descend. I, I, you got to pull life support on this thing. I don't know. When do we remove it, right? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but it's still ahead of TurtleCoin. But TurtleCoin is more stable. Yes. Uh, so Scala being one of the micro coins that we're tracking, Scala is at 0.22 ten thousandths of a cent, losing point. One ten thousandths of a cent. Uh, Turtle coin lost only 0.04 ten thousandths of a cent in the past week and is sitting at 0.21 ten thousandths of a cent. So fiat wise, Scala is valued a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as consistency, uh, consistency goes, we're seeing that TurtleCoin is a little more stable. Those are the micro coins. They're easy to invest in. They're easy to mine. Uh, so if you want to get involved in cryptocurrency, fun. start there. Yeah, they're a yeah. lot of fun. TurtleCoin great, is a fun great communities community. as well. Uh, but do remember, it, whatever you're going to do in the cryptocurrency market, whether you're going to buy, invest, uh, mine, or any way that you become involved in cryptocurrency, remember that it's volatile. It's an, uh, an ever-running market. So 24-7... It can change. Uh, so it doesn't matter what time of day or night it is. Everything could go up or down and can happen very quickly and very largely. Yes. Could you mind yeah. just like on a Raspberry Pi, but powered by like a solar panel? So just like get, <laughs> just get Turtle Coin like powered by the sun. Well, you're going to get about nine hashes per second. So but still, it's like money for nothing. Well, but but how been, much, right? But still, I mean. Put how? a GPU in your computer for 200 bucks and you'll pay for it within about six months. And yeah. you're, you're going to be mining and making 100 yeah. bucks every Every few, every six months, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, whatever. Still, I mean, yeah, how long was I mining Turtle Coin on my Pi, and then I moved to the Odroid? Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. There was. Are you a I liked it. Turtle can- millionaire. <laughs> I, I, Not, I haven't checked my balance yet. in a very long time. I yeah. have no clue. Hmm. Well, hey, that's that's the story. Very very cool. <laughs> Big thanks to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us this week. Thanks for watching the Category5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman. And I'm Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Jeff Weston. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We've got to take a really quick break. Stick around.
that we have, folks, next week, it's our Halloween special. So besides the crazy surprise costumes that you're going to see here on the set, and yes, lots planned. It's going to be incredible. Uh, besides that, we're going to be showing you the ultimate UPS system for a Raspberry Pi microcomputer. And I'm talking an I2C connected UPS that is uh, about this big and is going to connect directly to your Raspberry Pi. It's going to automatically shut it down if the power is running too low. And of course, the battery is going to keep it powered up for much longer during a blackout as well. So you don't want to miss out on that. We're going to be showing you that device coming next week. In the meantime, have a wonderful week, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.